are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Hold your Bible right there, please, in John chapter 3. And I want to remind you of something that the Apostle Paul says in 2, Corinthians, 2 Timothy chapter 4. He said, I am now ready to be offered. I'm ready to die. He was waiting. He was in jail. He was incarcerated. He was waiting to have them come and remove him, and his head was going to be severed from his body. I'm now ready. That thought captured my heart recently, and I became very troubled. I mentioned this morning that for about three hours, I was so troubled. I think it's probably pride to condemn yourself. But I have a tendency to do that in my life, which is probably just the height of pride. It's easy for me to see my failure. It's easy for me to get disappointed with myself and for some reason, whether it was myself or whether it was a satanic attack, and I believe Satan's busy. That's why I don't think we ought to say one thing ever unkind to one another. I've got enough battle in my life from the old devil. I don't need more from people that are supposed to be walking with God in Christian harmony. And that goes for you, dear friends, that are watching on the Internet. Uh, some, it, it will happen every day this week. Preachers are calling, say, Brother Treber, I've got this problem going on in my church. These deacons are, this crowd are, these people, and they're just so against the things I'm trying to, and I, I'm just trying to do right. I think it's also the height of pride to think that you can boss everybody around. Give your opinion on everything. And I was for about three hours just, not, I was not poor me attitude. It was just overwhelming. I, God knows I want to be a good husband and a good father and a good papa. I want to be a good pastor. And I battled those things. And I was sitting and thinking and pondering and alone uh, reviewing my life. And I saw for some time such great, disappointment with me. I have a prayer journal. If you'd look at it, you'd say it's incredible, and it is, and I work with it. But I became so overwhelmed and disappointed about my prayer life. I became so overwhelmed and disappointed about my soul-winning life. I became so overwhelmed with my Bible reading, and I read an enormous amount of Bible. I was so disappointed with my personal study, and it seems like that's all I do, study all the time. Paul found himself at this same place where I was finding myself recently, where he said in Romans 7, 24, oh, wretched man that I am. Maybe you don't battle like I do, but that's just one of my weaknesses. 
And I probably would not have said something like this, young men, if you're preaching and you're young in the ministry, I wouldn't go ahead and confess things like this to your church. I've been here long enough now that you're not gonna get rid of me. And if you do, I'll put the tremor hex on you or something, I'm not sure. It's an amazing thing when I begin to consider all that he's done for me and how little I've done for him. I went to children's camp in 1960. I still have the booklet when I went and they taught us this song, after all he's done for me, after all he's done for me, how can I do less? They give him my best and live for him completely after all he's done for me. Maybe you're not like me, but I like to have so many redo days. And I'm coming to you tonight on behalf of this calendar year of 2020. I'm coming to you on behalf, I want you to consider what Christ has done in your life and in my life and how good he's been to remove all my transgression from me. Write my name in a book of life. Give me eternal life. Give me the Holy Spirit. Give me a Bible. Give me a marriage. Give me a church. Give me a family. God's been so, so good. When I stop and think of what he's done for me, I get weary with me. I believe it was Bobby Robertson. He's preached behind this pulpit. He's with the Lord now. Brother Bobby walked into the room where Dr. Curtis Hudson, 61 years of age, was dying. Dr. Hudson was known as the greatest soul winner of our time. I've been in his presence and watched him, and it's just real with him. And Curtis Hudson was a great man of God, great soul winner. Bobby came to see him, and I think I want to say it, Maybe Brother Tony's watching right now. I think his dad was 86 pounds. I might be wrong there. They began to talk. And Curtis Hudson, in the midst of these last moments, said, Bobby, I've done so little for Christ. That's what overwhelmed me. When I was in that torment for those several hours. that there's so much to do and so little time to do it. And God, I think, although it may have been of the devil or myself, but God began to work in my heart. And I want to give you the verse that, that God has given to me already this year. Is, this is the verse for my life this year. Normally I get to the end of the year. In fact, I looked at my prayer journal this morning and I was going through the last decade. Of, I, I, for some reason, I normally by the end of the year, I look back and said, that's, that's the verse or that's the area or, and that's the song. That's the song that God gave me this year. I don't know what song God had given me this year, but I know the verse already. I've never had it happen this early. But God gave me the verse. I know I'm going to claim it all year long. The disciples 
were gathered here and, and John was, uh, was his testimony and, and the Bible says, verse 28, and ye yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ. I am not the Christ. John's making it very clear, it's not about me. I am sent before him. And he closes it, verse number 30, and here's the verse that I'm claiming in my life this year. He must increase, but I must decrease. I want it to be more about Jesus, not less about Jesus. I want it to be that there's more dedication. We, we, we live in a day that sidetracks us for verse 30. Read verse 30 with me. Ready, begin. He must increase, but I must decrease. Say it again. Would you read it? Ready, begin. He must increase. Some little words. He must increase, but I must decrease. Seven powerful words this year, 3.30. Maybe we get to 3.30 in the morning or 3.30 in the afternoon and we can think, John, 3.30, he must increase. He has to grow in my life. It's gonna be more of him and less of me and I must decrease. But it seems like so much is that he is decreasing and other things are increasing. We are living in a day where we are just obsessed with sports. Though uh, I may or may not see uh, any of the game, uh, I will look at the, I'll know, I want to know who wins that thing. But we're obsessed with sports. And we go from one to the, and I love sports. We're, we're obsessed with play. We're obsessed in this country with pleasure. We're obsessed with jobs and money and travel and party and things. I know this week many of our preacher friends will watch this service by the thousands and God bless you and the countries of the world. And I'm cautious because I don't want to be rude to the preachers but you dear preachers, and it's, it's happening everywhere. What are we doing canceling church for football? I've kept thinking about this, and it happens every year. God allows us to build these beautiful buildings. I want to challenge every preacher right now. I want you to go by your church before the night is over or when you watch us and take a picture of your parking lot, what would have been church time. And take a picture of your auditorium that's all dark tonight. All dark. And I know, I, I hear from all my preachers, I, I hear some, some uh, we're, we're having a, 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 a Bible study or this, but I, I guarantee it. I, I, how many are getting saved in your church tonight? Squeezing God in between halftime. How many young men are being called to preach tonight? Friend, this is urgent. Jesus is coming again. Our hope is not in, the, uh, in a conservative 
president in November. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. Our hope is in the fact that he gave us the New Testament local church. We don't need less of God and less of church. He must increase. I must decrease. Because so, I'm telling you, I've been preaching to myself this week. We get so sidetracked. Lest you think I'm rebuking preachers across America and the world, I'm preaching to Jack Treber who gets sidetracked. He must increase. That's why Paul said, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I'm in this thing, he said. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the, Christ, the life that I now live, the life that I live, what kind of life are you living? It's for him. Colossians 4, 3, Christ, who is our life? Who is your life and who is my life and what's the big thing we talk about at the end of the day? Can we review and say, I've been thinking of my blessed Redeemer. I think of him all the day long or is he just a sideline? Is he just a 911? The night is late, the hour's gone, it's getting dark out here and all of a sudden Jesus is gonna come back and he's gonna rapture us out of here and there'll be people left behind. Can't get over those nine souls that perished and how many thousands since last Sunday perished. But were they saved? Do they know Christ? Are they in the presence of God? We are his workmanship, created under Christ Jesus under good works. Galatians 6, 14, God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of Christ, my God. We make so much about everything, but he must increase and I must decrease. Paul said it in 1 Thessalonians 2, 9, always day and night laboring among you. He was in this thing. I think of what he mentions here in the scripture that in, in chapter number three, verse number 10 of Philippians, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. And I might join in fellowship with that with God and ponder what he's done and praise him for his done and sing to him and talk with him. For to me to live, Philippians 1, 21 is Christ and to die is gain. You're looking at a preacher that loves you dearly, but I've wasted so much time. I wonder how many more prayer meetings I should have led this church in. How much more fasting. And how much more tears. Begging God for revival. As the man were last night at prayer meeting. Quite frankly, and honestly, when the day comes that I die, it makes me want to crawl into heaven. Some preacher said that. 
I couldn't find the quote. I can't remember who said it. But he was, he was looking at his life. And he said, it makes me want to crawl into heaven and slip in totally unnoticed. If we're not careful, Christ just becomes a sideline. But he must increase. And I must decrease. I'd like you to take your song book. I want you to see a song. We won't sing it. If you would please take your song book, and it's page 475. Francis Havergill wrote this song with Philip Bliss. Philip Bliss died at age 38 in an awful crash. The bridge collapsed. He was on a train with his wife. He was a great music man. And in Ohio, the bridge collapsed. When it collapsed, he was found safe, but his young bride was in the waters. He went back in to rescue her, find her. He had perished as well. Francis Havergill wrote the words to this song. And she, after she wrote them, she crumpled it up and said, I, it's not good quality music. There's something wrong with, I, I didn't, and so she didn't do anything with it. But on January 10th, 1858, she wrote these words. She had seen a picture of a painting of the crucifixion. And she stood there She's one of the great hymn writers. She has so many hymns in our songbook. And that January 10th, 1858, she looked at that picture and she saw the crown of thorns. And she saw his bruised and battered body. And she saw someone had printed these words. This inscription was on that painting. This I have done for thee. What hast thou done for me? She wrote those words down. This, as the picture of Jesus, this I have done for thee. What hast thou done for me? And I got so overwhelmed with that thought of, God's given me so much. And I've wasted time at in my life that I wish I could get back. She wrote these words, I gave my life for thee. He, my precious blood, I shed that thou mightst ransom me and quicken from the dead. Jesus is saying these words. She writes, I gave, I gave my life for thee. What hast thou given for me? I gave, I gave my life for thee. What have you given to God? Some of you haven't even given your kids back to God yet. They're not yours. They've been bought. Your children, they're inherited from God, Psalm 126. It's not a shame for your children to become a missionary. Yeah, but what if they're in China and this disease, whatever it is, what if they get there? Oh, like William Borden at age 24, 
who finally got to Egypt and was learning the language so he could go reach Muslims for Christ, the heir to the Borden Dairy Empire. And when he graduated from Yale and, and, and then was leaving to go to the mission field, his dad said, I don't want anything to do with you, son. You've thrown away the family fortune. You're wasting your life. And at age 24, he got to Egypt and was learning the language and became very sick. He's buried on a side street in Egypt. He gave all his money to Moody and uh, Moody College years ago and YMCA in different places from years ago. They used to be great preachers and citadels of the gospel. He went to reach Muslims and he didn't get to reach them. It was worldwide news when he died. Every paper in the world, every newspaper in America covered it front page when he died. Most of them covered the entire service and the songs that were sung in his funeral. They had at the old Moody College a special service and hundreds came forward at that service and said, he died, but I'll go in his place. And God raised up hundreds to go that the world might hear the gospel. And it seems like we're so, so possessive. I don't want that kind of life for my kids. I can recall Miss Trevor saying so many times when our kids are growing up, I'd rather have them halfway around the world in the will of God, serving God, than living right next door outside the will of God. You precious young people, I'm so proud of you in the Crossroads Bible class with, class with Pastor Mrs. Atwood. Yeah, you're so important. These 10 years from about 20 to 30 are pivotal years for you right now. You're going to be raised up in 10 years or so to lead this church and guide this church and direct this church. <coughs> You'll be the, pardon me, the next generation. But it cannot just be about play and party and fun. It's serious time now to get serious with God. My Father's house, verse 2 of light, my glory circled throne. I left for earthly light night. Jesus left the Father's house for wandering sad and lone. I left and I left it all for thee. What hast thou left for me? The words were written through the eyes of the Lord. Verse three, I suffered much for thee. More than my thy tongue can tell. A bitterest agony to rescue thee from hell. I bore, I bore it all for thee. What hast thou borne for me? Verse four says, I have brought to thee down from my home above, salvation full and free, my pardon and my love. I bring, I bring rich gifts to thee. What hast thou brought for me? There's a song and I, I want you to turn back to page 126. I'm almost done tonight. I 
cannot remember, but I believe this was the last song my father sang in our church as a solo. I could hear a sweet little voice, powerful voice. By and by, when I look on his face, beautiful face, thorn-shadowed face, by and by, when I look on his face, how wish I had given him more, more, so much more, more of my life than I ever gave before. By and by, when I look on his face, I wish I'd given more. When I look on his hands, his welcoming hands, his nail-riven hands. The third stanza, when I get to heaven, I look on, on who he is. I wish I'd given him more. I think of all my faults and my failures so very quickly. But he doesn't think of me that way. I've wasted many precious years. The songwriter said, but now I'm coming home. I'm coming to you tonight on behalf of John 3.30. He must increase. Could you with me tonight say I'm going to increase my prayer life? I'm going to increase soul wanting and knocking on doors and helping people. I'm going to increase giving financially. I'm going to increase a love for my family. I'm going to increase a devotion to my aged parents or to my mate or to my children or to my grandchildren. I'm going to take time for people. I want to give, go ahead, get on the freeway, go ahead of me. You go ahead and take that parking stall. It's an amazing thing. As God was working on my heart, and I was reviewing the fact of what could have happened. You see, I think sometimes we see these big, beautiful buildings and all that God has done. And then, if we're not careful, we pat ourselves what we've accomplished. And I am so indebted to God's people for what you've done. But Moody, D.L. Moody, who died in 1895 or 99, I can never remember, he and Spurgeon, the difference. But Moody said this, the world has yet to see what could happen with a man that is totally dedicated to God. Moody was not an educated man, but millions came to Christ under his ministry. The world is yet to see. Some of you young men are here in high school and college and God's gonna call you to preach, but you're so afraid of failure that you're gonna miss the opportunity. It could be that God would take you to some little holler and you might not ever have a big crowd, but God may just be positioning your life to be in that little holler somewhere and preach the word. And some young boy gets saved and the touch of God would get on his life. 
And as God's touch becomes very evident in his life, God's going to raise him up and you might be dead and gone and have to look over the, the portals of heaven and look down and see that boy got saved in my church. And look what's happening with his life. Tonight, the Bible simply says he must increase. I'm asking you, will you increase him? Would you lift him up this year? I'm preaching to me. I brought you into my personal life tonight. God's dealing with me. I hope he's dealing with you because I want him to increase. I hope my wife will be able to see it. I hope my kids and grandkids, but if they don't ever see it, I hope God can see that Jack loves me. He loves me. He sings to me. He prays to me. He praises me. He works for me. His thoughts are always upon me because I want him. He must increase. Must. There's an urgency. He must. He must. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.